ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk All Around Sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Where's America listeners? Welcome to the 175th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, later in the show, we will be joined by Jeremy Weiner, sports correspondent for the Lowell, Massachusetts Sun newspaper, and also public relations coordinator for the Boston Brewers, of the FXFL Football League, which just completed its inaugural season. Well, my highlight of the week was the Final Four being set for the first ever college football playoff. I believe they made the right choice when I went to bed on Saturday night after watching the games, be it the Big Ten Championship game or other, the ACC Championship game, the Baylor game, TCU, all of it, I basically was certain they would pick Ohio State, uh, which is exactly what they did, dropping TCU from number three to number six, putting Baylor at number five. Keep in mind, Baylor beat TCU head-to-head earlier this year, 61-58. to And... Uh, so again, I just wasn't surprised. Uh, the Final Four look awesome. And the one concern I might have would be what, what is basically the third string Ohio State quarterback who had a fabulous game against uh, Wisconsin, 59 nothing victory in the Big Ten Championship game, and that he... Uh, he simply may come back to earth. He is, after all, he's third string for a reason. They've lost Braxton Miller, J.T. Barrett. And uh, so hopefully he performs up to a championship level when they play in the uh, Sugar Bowl on New Year's night. It's going to be awesome. The other game is, of course, Florida State and Oregon in the Rose Bowl. Also going to be awesome. Those are the two semifinal games. So it should just be a night to remember. But again, you know, I think they got it right. Ohio State needs to be somewhat rewarded for what they've done, given their quarterback issues. And uh, we shall see. My low light of the week is basically sticking with the Big Ten, aside from Ohio State getting into the Final Four. Hasn't been a good week for the Big Ten. Coach Gary Anderson really pulled a stunner when he left Wisconsin, who again lost 59 to nothing. Uh, that will be the final memory of Gary Anderson, but he left Wisconsin, a premier coaching job, to go to Oregon State. Again, a stunner. It really just uh, blew a lot of people away and because Wisconsin is a better program than Oregon State. Oregon State's been, quote, a cellar driller, in the Pac-12 for a while. And uh, so, that was just surprising uh, to see. If Again, a stunner, a shocker. And so, what's it mean for the Big Ten? You know, uh, what also happened, Michigan is still without a coach after they let Grady Hoke go. Uh, and speaking of Michigan the basketball team, who's been in the Final Four recently, lost to the, get this, New Jersey Institute of Technology. When I first heard it, I literally thought it was like a joke or part of some comedy skit. You know, 
file this under, you can't make this stuff up, the New Jersey Institute of Technology beating Michigan in basketball. I mean, that's, that's more shocking than Appalachian State beating Michigan in football a few years back. And that was like the all-time college football upset. And then uh, no sooner did that sink in than uh, Nebraska uh, basketball team lost to Incarnate Word. And, again, another shocker. So it's uh, just, again, not been the best of weeks for the Big Ten. And, uh, you know, we'll just see how it all plays out. But, uh, you know, it's, I think it says a lot about Sunbelt and West Coast teams versus Big Ten. I think more and more young kids today want to go for the nicer weather. Uh, that's a subject for another day. It's a deep one as to demographics, where people are living, where people are playing, uh, and on and on. And my bizarre story of the week was just last night after the Arizona Cardinals beat the Rams, basically making the playoffs, uh, but losing their quarterback, their second-string quarterback. Speaking of second-string quarterbacks, I, I sense a theme here. Um, Bruce Arians uh, coming out with some pretty chesty and somewhat bizarre post-game press conference, uh, post-game comments at the press conference last night. Granted, it was not on the level of uh, another Cardinals coach, Dennis Green, in his famous post-game press conference. Uh, but, you know, Bruce Arians basically questioned how his now 11-3 and team was not respected going into last night's games against the Rams, who are, I believe, 6-7. and seven. They're eliminated from the playoffs now. But Arian's quote was something to the effect of, you know, that they were disrespected going up against a team that, quote, always goes 8-8. Eight and eight. And it just, like, you know, shocked me to hear him just say that out of the clear blue. And then he also said, uh, you know, the Rams' defense had thrown two shutouts in a row in the previous two games. So they have a great defense, but the Cardinals do too. And... Uh, Arians also talked about, you know, the uh, that the best defense on the field last night, quote, wore red and white. Uh, clearly a direct shot at the Rams' defense. And uh, so it was all very uh, bizarre to see, uh, you know, at 11.30 last night uh, after that game. So now, as my former co-host, Lemon Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And next up will be Jeremy Weiner, sports correspondent for the Lowell Sun uh, newspaper here in Massachusetts and also public relations coordinator for the Boston Brawlers of the FXFL Football League, which just completed its inaugural season. So we'll talk with Jeremy on the other side of the break. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, 
Let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. It's time to let the ladies do some sports talking around here. The sports girls take over the Voice America Sports Channel every Monday for The Inside Score. Beth Silverberg, Chin Chin Ong, and Stacey DeBerry are here to showcase the athletes, the coaches, and the foundations that change lives. In addition, we'll have a ton of regular features and a featured guest sports girl every week. You'll hear the stories you need to hear from the people that make the difference. The Inside Score is heard every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern or Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. That is that time of the show when we often have guests, and on the line with us is Jeremy Weiner, sports correspondent for the Low Sun newspaper up here in Massachusetts, and public relations coordinator of the Boston Brawlers of the FXFL Football League, which just recently completed their inaugural season. And Jeremy... Having you on two weeks in a row. How are you doing today? Hey, I feel lucky to have the opportunity. Thank you. Well, we feel fortunate to have you. We liked everything uh, you contributed last week so much. Thought we'd have you on again. And today we're going to talk some NFL football. And, you know, I closed the first segment by talking about Bruce Arians' uh, somewhat bizarre statements in that they just seem to come out of nowhere following last night's victory over the Rams. I don't know if you saw them in the post game, but uh, I, I, di- I did see the game. I did not hear the post game. Yeah, it was in his post game press conference. Uh, he basically just said, and I, I said this at the end of the first segment, uh, he basically, you know, it was clear he felt disrespected uh, going into the game, where you, you know they, the now eleven and three Cardinals were uh, not heavily favored going in, shall we say? But mm-hmm. he he talked about you know clearly showing he was disrespected, talking about against quote a team that always goes eight and eight, which just stunned me. That that woke me up, and then yeah, right. he also said uh, you know talking about the Rams' defense and everything, and clearly the Cardinals were the best defense. What he said was, you know, the best. he talked about, you know, the Rams' lauded defense and basically said the best defense on the the field last night wore red and white. I mean, they were just two absolute direct shots at the Rams. And they just seemed to come out of nowhere. And I just thought, you know, this is a good way to start the football weekend, to say the least. No kidding, no kidding. Yeah, no, I... um, That's pretty interesting that he's... You know, uh, you know, so into that, um, especially you know, the St. Louis Rams, who you wouldn't think is, you know, a team that would really rub a coach the wrong way, but um, well said. I, I guess I guess he just he didn't like you know being the underdog and just didn't like how he's being treated in the media. Yeah, well, you know, it's not just me. I mean, you know, they ha- they went live from ESPN Sports Center to his press conference, and I'm, like, watching it, and like I said, you know, sitting up further up in my chair, and then as soon as they got back to the Sports Center anchors, they both looked at each other and said what I was thinking was, like, wow, where'd that come from? Yeah. And, you know, even this morning when they replayed him, like, a different set of sports anchors said basically the same thing, like, you know, what's up with that? And, uh, 
it, it just, I don't know, it just seemed a little personal or something. Who knows, you know, the heat of battle. Maybe something happened on the field he didn't like. Whatever. It might have been a bigger picture. But Bruce Arians, fascinating guy. You know, I remember him. You know, I'm a big fan, given I grew up in Pittsburgh and what he did with Big Ben and winning Super Bowls, mm-hmm. or a, at least a Super Bowl down there in Tampa, against, by coincidentally, the Cardinals, by the way. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was just, you know, again, we love this stuff in the media, don't we? Oh, this is, it's, this it's is what we good. live for. It's too good. Uh, did you, by any chance, get to see um, the challenge flag when he uh, when he supposedly the challenge flag fell out of his pocket? But um, he challenged uh, a turnover, which St. Louis had intercepted the ball. Um, it eventually got overturned, but because the ball hit the ground. But he he threw the challenge flag, and they were charged a timeout because you know it's that's against the rules because they just automatically review every turnover. And right. he was trying to make that. it seem yes. like it fell out of his pocket, but um, I think yeah. he forgot about the rules there. Yeah, well, uh, he and Marvin Lewis should get together on challenge flags, right? No kidding. After the ending to that Tampa Bay Bucks game a few oh. weeks ago with the Bengals, although, Mar- you know, give him credit. You know, Got Marvin it. Lewis, he, he won that game by doing that, throwing it illegally. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, how how is that NFC South division looking now? I know, I know. It's uh, I, I think one of the more shocking things of the season, and you know, there's always upside surprises and downside. But the New Orleans Saints losing four games in a row at the Superdome, and Can't especially the most I know, and the most recent one being an absolute blowout at the yep. hands of the Carolina Panthers, who are hardly you know, a team to be reckoned with these days. You talk about inconsistent, but they're all just, they're all over the place, these teams. Uh, no one wants to win the division. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, let's not forget the Tampa Bay, you know, and they're the one team that is not in the hunt to make the playoffs with a losing record in that division. Uh, but, well, you know, they pulled what I, I consider. Only two or three games out, but, yeah, their their record is terrible. It is, but yet they pulled what I consider the biggest, you know, upset of the season when they beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh. I was watching that game. Interestingly, HBO had a very interesting uh, documentary on talking with athletes or coaches' wives, sports figures' wives, and one of them was Mike Tomlin's wife. So they followed her for a day, you know, at a game. And lo and behold, what game was it but the game they lost to the Tampa Bay Bucks, which was, oh, wow. again, in my mind, you know, the shocker of the year. Um, and still, you know, would the Steelers love to have that game back about now? They'd be sitting, <laughs> they'd be sitting uh, all absolutely. alone in the first place. No kidding. Yes, and, you know, just sticking with the AFC North, uh, you know, since, uh, to me, you know, the day I've long awaited, and uh, millions like me, especially if you look at the rise in ticket prices, Johnny Football finally starts his first NFL game this Sunday. It's about time. Uh, it is about time. Are you a Johnny Football fan? Um, uh, he, he's growing on me, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. I, probably because I'm so used to his obnoxious antics during the college football season. He's been uh, kind of kind of quiet this year, so uh, he hasn't really bothered me yet but um i mean he he he's a lot of talk so uh let's see if he can back it up yeah yeah well you know we've all wanted to see him get the chance he's getting the chance you know i've been up and down on the browns handling of that whole situation but one thing is clear there'll never be a better time than now i mean brian oh, Hoyer, absolutely there's they're seven and six uh only like a game out, so it's they need a change because Brian Hoyer is just not doing it for him. He's not. It's almost as if his shelf life. You know, I think he was had a record that sounds like you know, whatever ten and three as a starter over the past couple of years. And we like Brian Hoyer up here. He was Tom Brady's backup for years, so for you know, sure. we all have a favorable impression of him and want to see him do well. But you know. He's just not played well the last three or four games. They simply had to make the move, given that they have hunt, Johnny. So. Yeah, given that they have Johnny Football on the bench. I mean, exactly. Um, so it's going to be great. I mean, I, you know, 
am fascinated by him. I have been since the day I watched him, you know, upset Alabama and Tuscaloosa a few years ago when he introduced himself to America. And, uh, you know, what I found fascinating was uh, I saw, you know, a graphic that before the game, ticket prices on average were 120 bucks, 126 to be exact. Johnny mm-hmm. Football's announced as a starter, and they were had climbed immediately up to 174 bucks per ticket. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. So that so that's going to be a fun game to watch. That's going to be a rabid crowd. Absolutely. Uh, you know, again, absolutely. The, yeah, and who, I'm, I haven't checked the schedule lately. Who are they playing? Bengals. Oh boy. Yeah, and you, are you aware that? Uh, Marvin Lewis called him a midget. That's right. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So that's he, right. He, he, I, I I do remember that. I do recall that. Yeah. To, I mean, what I thought, and Tony Kornheiser said this exact statement last night on Pardon the Interruption. There is nothing more I and I'm guessing millions of others would love to see than you know Johnny Football. You know, number one, flashing the money sign right in front of, of uh, Marvin oh, that Lewis. Would be great. Uh, but you I, know, I think I think it will happen. I do too. You got to imagine. The Bengals are, you know, I watched the Steelers game last week. By the way, and, and you'll enjoy this. Uh, you know, I'm from Pittsburgh, of course, and uh, so there's a restaurant near Boston College in what's called Cleveland Circle. You know it, but not every, mm-hmm. all of our listeners do. Uh, I've been reading, hearing about, you know, Steeler fans gathering there, so I happened to be in town, stopped in in the fourth quarter. And it was just incredible. Uh, hundreds of Steeler fans all dressed in black and gold, singing songs, waving terrible towels. Wow. As, you know, Ben Roethlisberger completes the biggest pass of the season, the 94-yarder and Le'Veon Bell. You know, as the Steelers took the lead and pulled away in the fourth quarter. So it was fantastic. I, I, I know where I'll be if they make the playoffs or, or in the last week of the season. Uh, yeah. It was Really, always really a lot of fun. Yeah, and uh, oh, I bet it, it seems that way. Speaking of Le'Veon Bell, he's having a a season to remember. That's for sure. He's special. He's special. I mean, he is, you know, the perfect blend. Meaning, he is a great runner, and he's also a great pass catcher. Um, you know, he's equally adept at both, and he's big. Like he, you know, he he doesn't. He's tall. He's what I call a tall, lanky running as running backs go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he just has, and I know even going back to the Michigan State days where he was great. Uh, he has this wonderful like eye uh, for the hole and patience at the line, waiting for the hole to open. Like you know, for a, a guy so young to have that already, uh, you know, it's fun to watch. That's for sure. And he's only 22 years old, so exactly, he's he's got a bright future ahead of him. That's for sure. Oh, no question. I mean, the Steelers just have to be thrilled, and you know, keep in mind, uh, you know, I think he's a big reason that has helped them, you know, get their identity back as mm-hmm. you know, winning on defense and running, and especially when it gets cold, and you know. He's not Jerome Bettis by any means, uh, but, you, no. you know, he's obviously a very effective runner, and, you know, thereby they have now a very effective ground game. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, this is the best time of year in the NFL. It's getting down to crunch time, and, uh, you know, every game just seems so big. And, uh, so yeah, it's really going to be, uh, you know, fascinating. I mean, you know, the Cardinals – are in the playoffs, but you know now they're on their third string quarterback. Yeah. Um. You know, I mean, Drew Stanton was doing an adequate job, and all of a sudden, now I haven't heard any results as to what's going on with his knee, but it didn't look good. No, it didn't. It didn't at all. So, who's this? Ryan Lindley. He's going to be taking over. Ryan Lindley. Uh, and who's I, I did hear speaking of the post game press conference, Bruce Arians make a a comment like Logan's not ready yet. I assume he means Logan Ryan, the rookie from Virginia Tech, who's like six six. Yep, yep. Okay, so who knows? We we could see him. I mean, I, I always liked him. I, I thought he was a fascinating player, Logan Ryan. Seeing 
a lot of him over the years playing Boston College and whatnot in the ACC. But uh, speaking of great games from last weekend, to me, one of the more fascinating games uh, is the New England Patriots over the San Diego Chargers on Sunday night. Just a great game to watch. But, Jeremy, why don't we take our break now and we'll talk a little Patriots-Chargers on the other side. Sounds great. Terrific. Thank you. No problem. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Lockdown Coverage. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And on the line with us still is Jeremy Weiner, sports correspondent for the Lowell Sun newspaper up here in Massachusetts, the place I used to actually work back in the day. Jeremy's also the public relations coordinator of the Boston Brawlers of the FXFL Football League, which has completed their inaugural season. And Jeremy, we're talking some NFL, and uh, we're up here in New England, so we can't go any further without talking about the Patriots' huge victory over the San Diego Chargers last Sunday night. Absolutely. That was just... uh, That was a big win. Can't get a... You know, they they finish off this string of tough games. Um, You know, bounce back win after uh, losing a close one in Green Bay. Exactly. You know, and now they've gone through the hard part of their schedule. The gauntlet, as it were. Uh, They finished 4-1 against the likes of, you know, Indianapolis. Yep. And uh, Green Bay is a game, of course, that they lost. Beat the Chargers, beat the Colts, beat the Broncos. So, uh, you know, they have that Super Bowl look as of this moment. You know, last couple games are against the the Dolphins here on Sunday, the Jets, and the Bills, you know. And given past history and their December play and how they own the division – you know, last last Sunday night they were playing for home field throughout the playoffs. It's just that simple. Exactly, exactly. And it means yep, everything. They're finishing off against three division division teams that um, hopefully they finish out three and zero. And exactly, uh, we'll get first round bye and home field advantage. Exactly. I mean, we're all 
you know, put it this way. First thing I did after Sunday night, not that I needed to, a reminder, but, you know, penciled in, shall we say, the AFC Championship game Sunday up here in Foxborough. I mean, it's just, which is my favorite day of the year in sports when the two AFC Championship, or the AFC and NFC Championship games are played to decide who goes to the Super Bowl. I've been lucky. I've seen five or six in person, 20 minutes away from where I live in Foxborough. And uh, so it is, uh, it couldn't look any better. I mean, the, the, this is, you know, the Patriots got exactly what they wanted, where they wanted to be. The Broncos are right on their heels. They could not afford to lose last Sunday night's game if they had. Uh, trouble was looming, and there's just nobody, nobody in New England gives them much of a chance to go out to Denver. And win a playoff game. Their recent record is not that good in the postseason on the road. Correct. But yeah, you yep. know. Yep. And uh, I mean, it's it's looking like Denver versus New England. That's for sure. Um, which sure should is. promise to be another great game in Foxborough. Um, but I, I mean, I feel like Denver has made some improvements, uh, especially with their running back. That's C.J. Anderson in the backfield. He uh, he gives Denver, you know, another another weapon on that offense, and and that's an offense that's already lethal with so many weapons, and they'll probably be all healed up by then and ready to go. So it it will be a really really tough game um, in the AFC Championship game if they do play Denver. Yeah, well, you know, it just feels like it could be the penultimate game. It really does. Um, you know, between Brady and Manning, they played. A lot, including last year's AFC title game. I always talk about and go back to those, you know, what I call snow on demand games. When Manning was with the Colts and they'd come in looking, you know, they would always beat the Broncos by 40 or 50 points in the first round. They'd come into Foxborough looking unbeatable. And then the Patriots would beat them, typically in snow and or bad weather. And just, you know, the good old days, 10 years ago. Um, yep. Now we have it again under some different circumstances, but, you know, given their age, given what happened to Denver in the Super Bowl last year, given the Patriots, what I consider absolute need for both Belichick, Brady, the Crafts, and their fans, everybody who lives in New England, they simply must win another Super Bowl for this era to feel complete. Do you agree with that? I agree. I agree. Totally. And nobody would be thinking that way more than, you know, Brady, Belichick, and Kraft. I mean, it just, you know, I've used this on the show a few times. I've mentioned this, but I just feel so strongly about it. I've been talking about this for a couple of years now that, you know, number one, comparing the Patriots to the San Antonio Spurs, Brady to Duncan, Belichick Mm -hmm. to Pop, Greg Popovich, win a bunch of championships together early in their career, and there's a decade or so long drought. And then they, you know, uh, the Spurs got it done last year, and, you know, I liken the way they lost to Miami two years ago as somewhat similar to the way that, you know, the Patriots lost to the Giants in that, you know, undefeated season. Yep. Uh, Excruciating, like never-to-be-forgotten type stuff. Uh. I know. I, sorry. And I'm I still scarred that. from it. Me too. Yeah. Here's my scar from that day. Because let me just qualify it by saying, you know, as a season ticket holder, what I basically said after they beat the Colts in, I think, the 10th game to go 10-0 and 0 in 2007, what I said to anyone who listened was simply, you know, we have a ringside seat, meaning season ticket holders, for the greatest sports story of our generation, period. Mm-hmm. You know, if they go undefeated. And, you know, so with that piece of historical, of history, you know, to see that all come apart in Phoenix still stings. And to this day, I have trouble watching any game from the University of uh, Phoenix Stadium, period. Every time I see it on TV, I just instantly remember that day. I mean, it does that to you. It, it they just ripped the heart right out of Patriots Nation. It, it, it was 
it was tough. It was set in stone. Um, I, I mean, everyone just kind of brushed the New York Giants right under them. They were just saying, oh, this should be a breeze because uh, I – oh, yeah, because we finished the season. We finished the regular season against them. Right, and, the um, undefeated regular I think, season. I think we won big, and that's no, Brady a great broke game. all well, the records. And I it was a great feel game. Like it would be another walk in the park in the Super Bowl, but <laughs> uh, we didn't win. Oh, man. The, the, the Giants were very competitive that day, that night. I remember it was a Saturday night, famous game, and it's when you know Brady threw his fiftieth touchdown pass, first ever quarterback to throw fifty, to take the lead in the fourth quarter. Randy Moss caught it, and I think he set a record for. Yep. What was like twenty first or twenty second TD receiving touchdowns pass. or something? Exactly. I mean that was a memorable night, but what happened that night, quite plain and simply, is the Gi- the Giants had no fear factor going in to play them in the Super Bowl because that night they hung with them for a time, and then the Patriots did pull away in the end. But you know the the Giants had no no fear because they knew they could play with them. Yeah. And and that, that's what happened that night in my mind, but uh, yeah, it's uh, and and where of course is this year's uh, Super Bowl? None other than Phoenix. To me, a fabulous storyline would be the Patriots going back to that same stadium and getting the Super Bowl done. No, sort of like the Spurs beating the Heat the second time around. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, if, if the Patriots do get to the Super Bowl, who do you see representing the NFC? Who do I see him playing? Yeah. You know, uh, I, like everybody else, like all of America, loved the Packers game. So I'd love to see that line up. I have relatives from Wisconsin, so, uh, you know, I, I've... I know the Packers well, and I know you know I know their mentality of their fans and all that, and and I think it's great. I, you know, who doesn't like the Packers, right? I agree. Everybody, you know, every the least hateable team in sports. I think everybody likes the Packers, and uh, but you know, to me, so that that would be great drama, but equally great drama would be if they could beat the Seahawks, defending champions. The way that defense is playing, I mean, I think the Seahawks very likely might get there. The thought of a Seahawks-Packers NFC title game is fabulous. I agree. agree. What I like most about that matchup of Seahawks-Patriots in the Super Bowl is Pete Carroll. Mm -hmm. What what a great storyline that would be. I I imagine. I can only imagine. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when Pete was the coach of the Patriots... He lived here in my suburban town of Medfield, Massachusetts, uh, where, by the way, I hear that Darrell Rivas now lives. Um, (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, yeah. A lot of athletes do. Kurt Schilling has lived here for years. He bought Drew Bledsoe's house. Uh, So, yeah, we're close to, we're very close to Gillette Stadium, as I said. But bottom line, um, you know, Pete Carroll, I'm a big fan. He, you know, I interviewed him, wrote a story for him when he was out at USC where he donated, he created the Medfield Middle School football program by donating spikes and cleats and all kinds of equipment. That team of 6th, 7th, and 8th graders, five years later, four years later, won the Massachusetts State Championship in football, and Medfield is hardly a football power shock, you know. But it was it started with Pete Carroll's uh, donation. So I called him out at USC, got an interview, and basically he loved it. I just said, you, you know, uh, you may not know this, but the team that you donated to has just won their first ever state championship for the town. And he loved it. We did an interview, wrote a story for the Boston Globe. And well, that's I, great. So I'm a big Pete fan. More importantly, and you'll remember, you'll remember this, Jeremy. I'd be interested in your opinion. I just thought, and I don't blame anybody, he just got a raw deal here in New England. I don't think it was like on purpose. It was a lot of circumstances that worked out. Yep. But yep. I, I always felt he just, you know, number one, he was following Bill Parcells. Toughest thing to do in sports is follow a legend as a coach. Um, you know, I, I would agree. just love to, 
you, you know, I, and I know he and the Crafts and Belichick and everybody, everybody, everybody's getting along these days. But I was thrilled for Pete to win last year because of that. And, you know, to show that his way works not only in college but in the NFL. And I just thought, uh, you know, it just didn't work out for him. No blame. Just didn't happen for him. But I think it would just be a fabulous storyline for the Super Bowl. I really do. You know what? It might happen. I, th- I, yeah. th- I think, like you said, Green Bay versus Seattle in the NFC Championship. And um, who knows what will happen there. I mean, it's an explosive offense versus a shutdown defense. So. Uh, either way, either one. I I think the Patriots will be ready to face either one in Arizona. I mean, and that's if they get by Denver in the AFC Championship game. Exactly. Oh yeah. The, the, there's obviously, you know, a lot of ifs. And and oh, by the way, I would love to see Tom Brady uh, up against the Seahawks defense. Let's not forget when we last saw that Richard Sherman was screaming in Brady's face yep. as he walked yep. off the field. So I remember that picture. Me too. Everybody does. A lot of juicy storylines. But why don't we take our final break? Still a lot more to discuss on the other side. We'll talk a little baseball and winter meetings on the other side. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is Jeremy Weiner, sports correspondent for the Lowell Sun newspaper up here in Massachusetts, and also public relations coordinator of the Boston Brawlers of the FXFL Football League, who just completed their inaugural season. And before we get back on with Jeremy, I want to give my usual pick of the weekend for appointment viewing, which is tomorrow's Army-Navy game. As all my loyal listeners know, I covered the game in person in Philadelphia a couple years ago. It's uh, a lifetime bucket list item for me, and I basically believe that uh, every American sports fan should go to one Army-Navy game in their life. And uh, with that said, Jeremy, have you ever been to an Army-Navy game? I have not. Okay, well, it took me a while to get there, but I got there, and it was one of those rare events that completely exceeded all expectations, and I highly recommend, and I'm sure you'll have the opportunity, working in the sports media like me, that, uh, you know, you make it happen. It is just, there's, there's simply nothing like it. It's a unique slice of Americana, and there's no other sports event like it in America, period. There's no other way to say it. I'll have to put it on my bucket list. 
Yes, but in the meantime, worth watching. I always love watching it on TV as well. So uh, this year it's in Baltimore. Uh, mo- through the years, and it's over 100 years, it's been played in Philly. So I actually had opportunities to go before then, but the game wasn't in Philly. It was in either whatever, Baltimore or Washington. And I just always said, the first time I go to a game, it must be in Philadelphia, I guess. I guess that's the Pennsylvania native speaking out in me. But it was worth the yeah. wait, trust me. Right. Uh, I, I've actually been um, to uh, PNC Park. Is that uh, the oh, yeah. Pirates? Yes. Yeah, I've Absolutely. been there, and I've been to, um, I don't know if I'm getting this right, but is it Bank of America Ballpark, Phillies? Citizens. Citizens. That's Citizens. What, what, did you, uh, what did you think of PNC? And Citizens. I loved it. I, I, I personally loved it. What I loved so much is the... The, the bridge in the background, it was, yeah. just, it was just a great view, and um, there's really not a bad seat in the house. Uh, the right field porch is, like, nice and close, and um, I, th- I, I thought I really liked it. Yeah, well, I grew up going to pirate games, and uh, I've been to a half or more of the, quote, new ballparks. To me, and I, I know people would say I'm, you know, a homer, but... Objectively speaking, I truly believe that, you know, PNC Park is the nicest of the new ballparks across America. And I've been to I've been to the one in San Francisco, which is about as nice as it gets. You talk view, but I think PNC is even nicer than that. Uh, Citizens is a very nice park, you know, yep. down in Philly. Yep, yep. I have a good story. You'll like this. My yeah. first visit to Citizens was met a friend from college. And the Red Sox were playing the Phillies. And so we went to Citizens, but we didn't go to the game. We went to the uh, restaurant inside Citizens Ballpark. Oh, nice. Yeah, and what was nice was that was the night of Game 6, Celtics-Lakers, for the NBA championship back in 2008. And so we're in there. We're watching the game. There's a lot of Boston people. Keep in mind, the Red Sox are playing the Phillies, literally, in the very structure that we're playing or that we're standing. And, uh, Jeremy, I mean, you know, the game ended hundreds, if not well over a thousand, a couple thousand Celtic, yeah, Celtic fans, meaning from Boston who were at the Phillies Red Sox game, just poured into this bar. And we all watched the Celtics win the championship at citizens ballpark in Philadelphia. It, It was Fabulous. Need I say more? That's so great. I'll never forget that. So uh, anyway, perfect segue into baseball. Uh, Winter meetings. The Red Sox have been very active. Let's just start with, you know, I wouldn't be a Red Sox fan if I didn't start with, uh, you know, going negative and the fact that they did not get John Lester. What were your thoughts on that? Um, Oh, man, the Lester signing. uh, It it, it was tough. It was a tough pill to swallow, but... Uh, I, I personally don't think um, they did offer you know twenty million more twenty twenty million less than um, Chicago uh, had offered Lester, and I personally don't think that they had any intention of really bringing him back. I think if they really really wanted him back, they would have given him the offer that he wanted. Um, uh, but aside from that, um, you know, Lester, you know he he's back with Theo. He's with a club that's. Um, hasn't won the World Series in over a hundred years, so uh, I, I, you know, I, I agree with uh, Lester's move here. Um, more money, um, you know, he'll be he'll be a legend in Chicago if he does well and if he stays healthy. And um, other than that, I think the Red Sox um, already had kind of in the back of their mind of in a set they're trying to land, and I think that should pan out within the next you know couple of weeks or so. Well said. I totally agree. To me, it come down to, you know, who has the sales pitch down better than Theo as far as, you know, uh, if you win this title for a title-starved franchise uh, with a lot of cachet, like the Red Sox, uh, um, yeah. you, you know, you'll be uh, a legend forever in, his, in, the, in the city of Chicago, period. And, you know, Theo knows it. That's, how he, that's the exact same word-for-word pitch. He used to get Kurt Schilling here, who, of course, was the 
Big reason they finally broke through, beat the Yankees, won the world title. We all know the story. First one in 86 years. The bloody sock. The bloody sock. Exactly. I mean, Schilling was the, uh, you know, he he was the key to that amazing, amazing run that we all witnessed up here. And, uh, yeah. And and if I'm Lester, I'm buying it because it's true. It's just true. And Chicago, you know, there's so many similarities between the Cubs and the Red Sox, especially the Red Sox of 2004 and previous, you know, before they won the title. Um, And, and, you know, he's capable. He's, like, perfect for that. He's not quite the personality of Kurt Schilling by any means, but he's been around the block, and he has quite a story himself. So uh, I, I can see him being that anchor, that foundation that they simply have to have. Yep, they they've been looking for that ace, and they finally got it. Um, the, I think every team needs that now. Now the Red Sox are just looking for their ace because um, what they have now is a bunch of I'd say number three or number four starters, kind of like back end of the rotation starters, a bunch of them, and they just need that horse to lead their rotation. Um, so it, it should be interesting to see who they land. Um, I know yesterday they. Um, you know, they traded Cespedes for Porcello, which I personally liked. Um, I think Porcello, he's a young, he's a young pitcher. Um, his career seems to be, uh, heading in a good direction. He's, uh, a ground ball pitcher and he had 15 wins last year. So, um, I, I, I liked, I liked the deal. I liked the deal a lot because I, I'm sure a lot of us knew that, you know, Cespedes was not going to be, uh, with this Red Sox team for a while. So um, right. the fact that we could get a a young starting pitcher with great potential, um, I think they won in that trade for sure. I agree. And believe it or not, Jeremy, we're at the end of our show. Great closing comments. Thank you, as always, for coming on and appreciate your time. Yeah, please. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. You're welcome. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.